you good over there, bud? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Hello and welcome back to the Scooter Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. We we got Jameson. We got Ty who's just throwing around his laptop, I, I guess. I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, we are back with another off-season podcast. Just hanging out, just, uh, you know, shooting the shit, talking. Some good stuff. So, um, but, you know, thankfully... We were graced with some uh, pretty interesting news. Let's just start out with our offline item. Uh, last week, uh, OU Athletics announced a new deal with ESPN Plus uh, to essentially take what they've been doing with Valley Sports and Sooner Sports TV and uh, integrate it in with ESPN Plus, which is, uh, you know, you, you may know as the thing that you bought for a Kansas-South Dakota game and never – uh, forgot to get rid of, or you got it with your T-Mobile subscription or Verizon or whatever. Um, but now you get to watch it. Now you get to watch all sorts of OU stuff there. A lot of basketball, um, a lot of women's basketball, a lot of uh, the Olympic sports. But more importantly, it's the death of the pay-per-view. Uh, the one pay-per-view game will now be shown on ESPN Plus as well. So lots to dig into with that. Uh, later down the line, we'll talk about some depth added to the OU quarterback room, uh, a couple transfer portal notes. Just, uh, you know, we, I believe there's some stuff with the uh, uh, OU coaches caravan as well. But I've talked enough. Jameson, big news about that ESPN Plus deal. What was your reaction when you saw it, and what does that mean for the program? I remember when ESPN, first, I mean, ESPN Plus first came out, and you already referenced it. And I was like, who would pay for this? Who would actually pay for this program to watch these – you know, off the wall, like random college games, I guess like people in like unique, you know, fan, uh, you know, experiences, but then Bobby, what do you know, forgot about his subscription that he had the free trial for, which I never thought people would forget about their free trials and keep them running. Bobby had ESPN plus before it was cool that have ESPN plus, um, but honestly, it's, it's grown a lot. It really has. I feel like there's so much that's going on on there. And it's not too much, especially if you like bundle it. If you already have Hulu and Disney Plus, it's not going to be too much added on top of things. Definitely better than the Bally Sports Plus. What was that, like 50-something dollars? Garbage. It's just garbage. Bally's is trash. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple ways to look at this. One, there's the idea that the OU games are going to continue to be broadcast um, normally, uh, with the exception of that one game that's that's up to the schools per the big 12's uh, media rights to, to broadcast on their own so in reality if once again you don't check your subscriptions like bobby or if you're only using espn plus for that game if you're smart then there still is a pay-per-view at, at seven dollars a month uh, but if you're not smart then what they've done is they've tricked you from paying 50 or 60 per pay-per-view to a 70 dollar a year uh, subscription so but it's an exciting deal. It's an exciting, exciting deal because it puts OU on the forefront of, of disseminating our, our entertainment product. And, and also it puts us at the forefront of the most accessible way for our people to watch the game. Because if you're an OU fan and you're, I, I know this from when I lived on, on the East coast is sometimes, you know, the, the old system was a little clunky. It would be so much easier. I, I know there's criticisms of, of the ESPN Plus apps, but just the accessibility of that worldwide for people to go on, on those apps and, and be able to watch OU games. And, and that's really what it's about. Actually, Joe Consiglione, when he was asked about it, said 
that this deal was about access and reach. And I think that is so important because I have the numbers right here. As of quarter one of this year, uh, Disney, obviously ESPN's parent company, uh, announced that ESPN Plus has around 21 and a half million subscribers, which is really, really cool because obviously there's people signing up for it for a myriad of reasons. But if we just have it, you know, it's it's that one OU game that is pay-per-view is on that app. We're not going to get people that aren't diehard OU fans paying an exorbitant you know, price to watch a pay-per-view game. But if they already have ESPN Plus and they just notice that one OU pay-per-view game, which is still truly is pay-per-view, you know, it's just a different sort of system on there, they might watch it. Or people that are just, you know, skimming the app and, and notice it and, and want to watch it. Or people that want to see the spring game or all the other products that are going to be on mm. ESPN Plus. So I, I think it's an excellent move. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the thing is, the thing is, you got to realize that um, a lot of people that are willing to pay that amount of money to watch a football game are probably already going to it if it's a home game, if they're within the area. So the pay-per-view, there were probably, my guess is not as many people as they probably could have gotten um, paying for that. So I mentioned earlier the the Hulu, Disney Plus, and um, ESPN Plus bundle. If you're already paying for Hulu and Disney Plus, like say like if you have kids or something like that, and that's $7.99 for Disney Plus. Hulu is $6.99, but the bundle is $13.99. So essentially, it's cheaper to bundle them all three um, and get ESPN Plus for free on top of those. So it's something to consider moving on into the season. Yeah, it's, sure. it's, it's, it's going to be super easy to access. And, you know, it like what, what, what Ty said about Joe C saying, you know, it's about reach. It's about all that. Um, you know, no other school has this agreement with ESPN Plus. And, you know, weirdly enough, it's kind of, if you ask me, it doesn't pay the same as like the Longhorn Network, for example, but uh, the ability to watch like classic games and OU specific content right there, it, it's actually accessible. You know, you, I don't even know how the hell you can get Longhorn Network, really. Apparently, that's been a massive issue even in Texas uh, in terms of accessing it. So that's a plus. It's good for the brand. Um, I mean, it, it just it, it just kind of solidifies OU and, you know, moves them forward as, you know, one of the premier um athletic departments and uh college sports so i think it's awesome yeah um, you see you, you've seen I, a couple you've seen a couple olds on um you know facebook being upset about having to pay pay for it but honestly this is a good thing this is a really good thing y'all they were gonna pay for the you know the what the the paper pay-per-view anyways which was what like yeah. a ridiculous amount what was it like 60 bucks or something bobby like 59.95 is like so, you months. buy a, a month subscription of ESPN Plus, which is going to be what, like an eighth of that, and then you're going to like cancel it immediately after the game, Here's... and then you can watch three thirty for thirties after that if you want to yeah. for a month and not have to pay for it. It's going to be cheaper in the long run. People that are getting angry about this are just not informed. Yeah, well, that's... here's yeah, here's we what I think a lot of people aren't aren't thinking about is is we classically, you know, talk about that. He's, I forget the year off the top. What was it? 2017 OU Army game where yeah. it was pay-per-view and the whole nation wanted to watch it. And everyone ended up watching it on, on that one guy's Twitch stream. <laughs> so the important thing to know is being on ESPN Plus and being available to more people, even if you want to avoid that paywall, that one OU game that you can't watch is going to be more, I don't want to sound like I'm encouraging crime, uh, a have never done that on this podcast, but it will be more piratable if there's more people able to, to, you know, pirate that stream. 
because back then, you know, the original pirates still had to pay a bunch of money to uh, to get it. So that's an important thing to to mention. But what I do want to mention, speaking of of legal things, is on this podcast we have to talk about the things that are you know relevant, and that is a very very important Supreme Court case. Obviously, I'm talking about NCAA versus OU Board of Regents back oh my in the God. 80s, which oh my God, was Ty. the story of <laughs> OU being on the forefront of this media I, stuff. I had and my finger on that in broadcast jokes, button. Jokes aside, jokes aside, uh, this is a classic <laughs> OU thing. And that's what I wanted to mention is, is back in the day, you know, OU was the school. Georgia later jumped on and sort of assisted. And like I said, it went all the way to the Supreme Court with the Board of Regents of OU putting their foot down and saying the NCAA is is not doing us any favors with the way that they are, are uh, well, violating trust laws in, in their broadcast decisions. And in that Supreme Court case was what really made modern college football and made it as profitable as it is and is such a business as it is and, and everything else. Really, you could even trace NIL to this. And I think it's so sensational because you can trace a direct lineage to things like NIL back to that Supreme Court case that I believe it was 1984. It was mid-80s. Uh, so, you know, 30-plus years ago that that occurred or maybe less than, I don't really know math because I went to OU, but the the downstream effects of this OU having the biggest one-off deal with ESPN Plus are going to continue to be seen for a long time. And it is important to note that this was announced as a lot of the details were kept kind of hush-hush. We didn't get a, a sort of a, an exact figure or anything like that. But what I did announce is that it is for sure going to be a multi-year deal. And it also is going to, I'm not necessarily sure if terminate is the proper word to use, but it will it, at the very least change significantly upon OU's entry into the SEC. So if you really want to conspiracy theory, read into a lot of the tea leaves there, maybe you could say that this deal is confirming because obviously that was discussed in, in the deal, uh, the, the SEC TV rights and everything else, because this deal is predicated on our big 12 sort of conditions that Obviously, an exact figure was discussed between OU and ESPN. So maybe this is indicating that we truly aren't going to see an OU move for a while to the SEC. Yeah, no, and we've heard a lot of other people, you know, kind of theorize that as well. I, I don't think it's a, you know, a, um, a stake in the heart of that um, because, you know, it, let's be honest. What? What's so funny? No, I just read the, uh, I just read oh, our, the, the, our the, the, Yeah, I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it finally, like, it seals that that our, our fate until 2025 because you know it's easy to negotiate with ESPN who owns you know the SEC rights and you know who knows like maybe this OU deal could be a benchmark where they have kind of mini channels for each SEC team with their own stuff and that would be huge that would be big time um but at the same time yeah I I, I think there are tea leaves that could be read um. I'm probably just being too optimistic about that move, but you know, you never know. It could be a smokescreen. We'll see. It. We'll see how it works out. The, the the fact of the matter is, none of us really know what's going on in the OU athletic department at all. Uh, even people who actually are close to it probably don't know. Nobody knew about OU in Texas moving to the SEC before that happened. So we'll see. But um, all I know is, for OU fans, this is a massive move. Uh, it's a. It's. It is. It does nothing but benefit 
uh, the consumer, the fan, and it's, it's something we should be really excited about because uh, you know this is a damn good athletic department, and uh, we're really lucky to have it. So, yeah, yeah I think that's for I, sure. Let's talk about nil deals. I'm sorry, I'm oh, sorry, Ty. You got one more, one no, more thing was, to say? No, I was just going to shoot off sort of a, a closing. It looked like you were working on something, so I'll let you take. Oh it. yeah, I, I was saying we let's get the ball moving. Um, I feel like a lot of teams are going to be hopping on the CSPN Plus bandwagon too, but um. Let's talk about NIL deal because we we got some big news um, that finally they're going to crack down on donors. Um, seems like they really want to get you know boosters in colleges like completely have parity between the two because obviously we've seen that boosters are dr- talking straight to the recruits, pooling together funds and making mega offers to these kids that are extremely hard to deny. And especially for kids that are already in college and enrolled at other schools. We, we saw ridiculous things about people trying to take away Xavier worthy from Texas. And, you know, we see, we've seen all this Jordan Addison thing, and it seems like they're finally putting their foot down, put some good legislature and rules on this where anything happened, they could put sanctions down on a college. Um, so this isn't going to stop things at all, but people are going to be treading a little bit lighter now that there's actually some hard, you know, rules put in place. And one thing I, I found interesting in that, um, that, you know, it, that press release from the NCAA was, it, it looks like it's going to handle retroactive stuff, uh, where pay for play is not, is, is impacted where you know, yeah. recruiting is impacted. So the pancake club, I, I, what, oh no. They might, they uh, could come I, after the pancake club. I, I, I was thinking about that, but let's be honest. They're saying like, oh, we could go after retroactive things. So guys better be careful. Come on. We know the NCAA. You know how many things have went under the table even before NIL. You think they're going to go retroactive with all that stuff? I think that's just a bunch of smoke. Honestly, we might see something, you know, if they continue to break the um, the rules moving forward, and then they can go back in the past, say you've been doing this for a while, and we knew about it, so we can charge you with the past things as well. But say if like you just cut off and you've got cleaner, you're not getting caught after this release statement. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, the NCAA doesn't care. Just look at Kansas basketball; they won a national title and are not, you know, uh, under the ground right now. Anyways. Well, and- I think we can look at sort of things that are have occurred and then are occurring as we speak uh, and, and really, I don't even want to say call the NCAA's bluff, uh, but just prove that they're, they're straight up bluffing is it, some things that come to mind is, you know, that, that Miami basketball player that straight up, I think he was a basketball player, correct? Isaiah they, they Wong, came out, yes. Yeah. They came out and said, I'm leaving here if I don't get more money or I'm going to the place that offers us more money per the, per the, the rules. Uh, it, it, well, the NCAA's rules with the NIL, it says that it, you know, these things can't be tied to a particular school. Obviously there's some sort of interpretation in, in there are, are laws in the U S are not binary by design. That's the purpose of a, a court system is, is nuance and interpretation. So, you know, obviously if you're at a big school and you can make more money, then maybe you get a deal that, you don't elsewhere but a a sponsor technically can't say you get this money only if you go here so it's it's, it was really designed for like if you get a gatorade sponsorship or if you get a a beat sponsorship uh shout out to uh caleb feet williams or if you get you know some other like a a sharpie sponsorship uh, or something like that so there's definitely uh, people have already overtly been ignoring the the established rules to no consequence. So really until someone is 
is made an example of, which like, I don't think the NCAA has that power at, at this point. Um, it's going to continue to happen. So I, I really don't think it's we're going to see any changes. I, I think we're going to continue to see the NCAA, you know, yell out, but I, I don't think we're going to, we're going to see any, any real consequences from anyone really. Yeah, no. And it's, it's, you're right. They're probably, it's probably just a warning shot to be like, Hey, we're, we're still here. Uh, you can't just want, run wild, but um, we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It just, you know, I, I worry that, you know, sponsorships and all this stuff, all this money, you know, no, nobody wants to see all these ads and all that. It's ridiculous. But anyway, well, there's there a quick is... word from our sponsors. The NBA action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. I tell you folks, I was in New Orleans this weekend, had a blast with DraftKings, and y'all should too. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Now, back to the schooner pod. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm kidding. What's up? Oh. No, I, I was going to say uh, there is there's definitely more to it. You know, the, the NIL is sort of that thing that everyone has, has latched onto, and it's purely money. And that's not necessarily, you know, obviously there's tons of people complaining about the transfer portal as well, but uh, it, it's really a, a matter of how you're going to regulate the, as we've seen with, with Lincoln Riley, USC and, and that pit player, the, the pretty overt and, and almost cheeky open recruitment of people that are at schools already and and money is not the only thing that that motivates people especially you know the the general demographic of college football players you know young teen early 20 guys it's not always about money it can be about clout as as the kids would say nowadays or prestige or becoming famous or you know other things that motivate people I'll, i'll leave that to everyone's imagination because you know we're a sponsor friendly podcast Shout out to Coors if you're looking for someone to sponsor, but uh, there's definitely more to it than than NIL. I don't think any of it is bad, as I've regularly stated. I love the lawlessness. So, fair enough, fair enough. Well, Jameson, uh, we are when we've talked about this for a while. OU has had a quarterback room problem, uh, a glaring kind of weakness. You know, we talked about how Nick Evers probably isn't isn't ready. Um, you know, and we didn't even want to talk about Micah Bowens or Ralph Rucker, uh, of course, but it appears there's some depth on the way in, uh, my guy, uh, I can't, we're, we're last name podcast, Bevel. Bevel, Davis Bevel, the pit, 
the uh, the uh, pit quarterback who came in almost saved the Peach Bowl for the for the Panthers um, before throwing a pick six, of course. But I don't know, Jameson. What 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 do you know about this guy? What does he bring to you? And uh, you know, th- does this is this good enough for you in terms of alleviating some of those depth depth issues at quarterback? Yeah, I mean, you're not getting like a starter caliber player here. We we've got to understand that. Um, but watching the spring game, and obviously you take a little bit um, grain of salt with everything you see in that spring game, is Nick Evers, even though he's talented and we're hopeful in him, he did not get that much run in the grand scheme of things. We didn't see him as much nearly as like you saw Dylan Gabriel. And it's kind of seemed like Ralph Rucker was that number two. And even though Ralph Rucker is fun to talk about, it's not a guy that you don't like really want to move forward as a number two and a top-notch program in the country because what happens if Dylan Gabriel goes down? He's been injured in the past. Um, is Are we going to be putting our life into Ralph Rucker's hands? It would be fun to say on a podcast, but in reality, that you know, we could really plummet and have a really bad season. But if you start to get, you know, backup quarterback that has experience being a backup and is coming in and showed up somewhat on a big stage, that makes you feel a little bit better. He doesn't have that many stats in his career, uh, but he played under, you know, the top rated, you know, highest drafted quarterback last year in Kenny Pickett. So he's gotten experience being a backup quarterback versus a very, you know, established quarterback. He knows the role and he came in and did well. That's all we need. This is not going to make us a better team. But if Dylan Gabriel did go down, I would feel a lot better about our team not going six losses on the season if we lost him, if we had, you know, uh, Ralph Rucker as a quarterback. But, you know, Davis Bevel makes me feel a little bit more safe. Yeah, and even though he ha- he doesn't have a ton of burn, he does have experience of, you know, coming in and relieving a guy, you know, after an injury on the biggest stage, like you said. So I, I kind of like that. I like that the guttiness that um, that he had out there. And he, he seems like he's, he's shown a bit out there. You know, he's a bigger guy. Um, you know, not uh, like, again, like you said, doesn't make us better. It's not like we just got like a Kyler Murray or, a, you know, so, someone legit to back us up. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, frankly, this is the type of guy we expected we could get in the portal. You know, nobody's mm-hmm. out here trying to, trying to be Dylan Gabriel's backup. Uh, so anyone – the more the better. He shared a quarterback room with Kenny Pickett, so maybe, maybe that helps as well. Who knows? Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Hey, once one thing before um, I move it over to you, Ty. Before that game in the Beach Bowl, he only threw four passes. So this guy isn't some like you know high end road warrior. He's like been through a lot. He's still not that experienced, but he's been there and done that, and that's something that none of the people in our quarterback room can say. So I, I want to read you guys uh, two two sets of numbers. Uh, one is six six two fifty. One is six six two forty. So that first set of numbers, six six two fifty, is the belldozer Blake Bell's stats when he was at OU. Uh, we all know how that played out. And then six six two fifty is Davis Bevel's stats. So while he might not be, you know. If, if we're looking at an all-time starting, you know, quarterback, he does add some sneaky options that we've seen from OU before. So don't discount that. Obviously, great to see a a really big dude 
when it comes to presenting different threats to our starting defense when we're looking at, at teams that we're going to face down the road. He uh, has some years of eligibility left, which is always a good thing. At the worst, he's buying us a year beyond Dylan Gabriel. Uh, you know, worst case scenario, assuming he stays. So, and then like you guys talked about, uh, being in that pit quarterback room with, with Kenny Pickett, obviously the right things were happening there for, for Kenny Pickett to get the the hype and, and the, uh, you know, performance that he did. So I think there is absolutely nothing to complain about. And like you guys said, it was somewhere where we were very shallow with an already potentially injury prone guy coming in as our lead, who's also left-handed, which uh, can be a big factor when it comes to, uh, performance sometimes with with receivers and just timing and and play calling and and everything really believe it or not so I think he is an excellent ad and I almost think that if you were to really sit down and, and look at people that were available or were realistic options someone that is big like this guy with good stats had a good I almost want to say like understudy or apprenticeship uh, from somewhere and is is coming up and looking to prove himself he's coming in truly thinking that he can win that starting job, which is great. Uh, you know, 99% of the yeah, time, I, I don't know. percent chance that, that he turns into a, uh, a situation where he leaves immediately with a lot of drama because he's not getting that starting I, job. But I think, I, I think he's an excellent addition. He, I think, I don't think there's any way that they told him that you're going to come in and compete for the job. I think it's very clear that he knows that he's the backup quarterback, but I think you made a really strong point that I hadn't read yet that he's a big body, six foot six, and he's got some weight on him. And that's great just for a practice squad. That's a really, really good point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, before we move on to a little bit more transfer portal stuff, I, there's a really interesting quote or not quote, but um, comment. K-State picked to only win six games. Surely they hit the over. The over-unders for the Big 12 came out today. You know I'm a, I'm a sucker for them K-State overs. Uh, but it always falls down to the non-conference. They have South Dakota, Missouri, and Tulane. Uh, shout out my guy Mason for that comment, by, uh, by the way. I don't know. I, that, that's is, not that hard, honestly, of a non-conference schedule, really, at all. That's Yeah, that's not that bad. That's pretty good. Tulane is kind of crap. South Dakota, obviously, crap. I I could see them losing to Missouri, but I could see that being a good game, too. It is in Manhattan. And, you know, uh, of course, with the, uh, you know, my guy, uh, uh, Chris Kleiman, you know, master class off, uh, you know, head coach, as I've always said, you know, uh, one of the one of the goats. Uh, I think they got six down easy. Skylar Thompson is gone after like his ninth year in college, though. He actually got drafted in the seventh round. Crazy to think. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, he got drafted in front of Brock Purdy. I'm putting that, that out there. That's um, beautiful. <laughs> but uh, is Will Howard their starting quarterback moving forward? Have they gotten somebody else? I really, hope, think about. I really hope not. That guy was horrible. Otherwise, that's, that, that over six is doomed. But – We'll see. That'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited for the over-under pod whenever that comes out. So, um, yeah. Anyways, let's move on. So, Jameson, uh, the portal never truly ends. Whoa, whoa, whoa. time out. We, yeah. we have to mention it. I, I, yeah. I know we have a whole podcast about it. That's In okay. 2022, K-State gets a locket again. So, I think that's a, oh, that's a, that's a big year? factor. Sterling Lockett is a 2022. New locket uh, just dropped? 
Yeah, oh, new no. locket dropping for K State, I believe. Well, so well they're gonna well, they're gonna beat us. You're right. It's it's definitely go. this year. All right, we're screwed. New locket just dropped. Oh, you screwed. Thanks for the comment, Mason. Um, yep. Yeah. Anyways, James. So let's let's chit chat a little bit. What does OU need to hit in the portal now that probably our number one thing is gone? We kind we needed that quarterback depth. What do we look for now? Do we delve into the wide receiver uh, depths at all? Your thoughts? Yeah. Definitely. It's wide receiver. That is the position that we're looking at the most when we've seen it um, on social media. And then obviously people are talking on boards and stuff, but we had two, two recent visits from wide receivers. Um, one, a name that we probably hadn't heard of that much in JJ Hester, a wide receiver for Missouri. Um, but one that also for people who paid attention to recruiting, and I've probably talked about in recruiting corners in the past is LV Bunkley, Bunkley Shelton. Um, and if anyone remembers the name, Darian Green Warren, he was the first recruit in um, recruiting class. I think it was 2018 or something. I don't remember. Uh, 2020 maybe. Um, but he was a cornerback, and I'm pretty sure he committed on 4th of July when everyone else was committing, and he committed in a future class. And he was a big you know, story for us in recruiting. And one of his best friends was LV Bunkley Shelton, and LV was thinking he was going to be a Sooner for a bit, but the coaching staff didn't really like him, and they kind of moved on. Um but now here he's coming back and we're thinking about taking him as a depth piece in this recruiting um, wide receiver room. But there's only one spot allegedly between the two. And I think JJ Hester might have the nod between the two. He's a more bigger bodied wide receiver um, than LV. LV is more of a possession kind of wide receiver. Um, I'm pretty sure that JJ is like a six foot four um, bigger bodied. And what that kind of is what fits more of what we need right now. Um, you know, we talk about Jane Gibson, a guy that really showed, you know, a lot in the spring game, but you don't want to be, you know, feeling confident in a true freshman that's still working into his body. So Javion Hester, you know, JJ Hester probably gets that spot if he wants it. Cool. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm for yeah. it. Just that, that, that is a position where you can rotate guys in and out. You know, depth is good because, yeah, just across the board, but wide receiver wise, you know, that is one that, you know, really, really helps, especially injury wise. Ty, what's yeah. up? No, I was, I was just going to say it's, it would be, if I'm not mistaken, he'll be the first ever receiver to ever transfer from Missouri to OU, which, uh, <laughs> which would be really neat. Especially a big lot of body people, wide receiver. Yeah. A lot of people would be confused. Uh, a lot of people used to think that uh, a guy named Doriel Green Beckham transferred from Missouri, but he actually only ever played OU. Uh, and if you don't believe me, check the Wikipedia. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> sheeple at Wikipedia are trying to suppress the real information. The, We're the, the only the podcast is, that'll tell you the truth. That's funny. And, and the thing is, I mean, another thing going for um, JJ Hester is, you know, Daniel Parker, teammate. Um, so uh, maybe that would help him in familiarity. And who wouldn't want to come in um, Jeff Levy's system, really? That's it's it's a huge um, you know appeal, and he, there's a there's an open spot for a guy with his skill set in this offense. Like it, you know, other than Jaden Gibson, who are we talking about? Who's a bigger bodied wide receiver? Theo Weiss is probably the closest thing to it. Um, but you know, we just lost Jaden Hazelwood. You know, even though he wasn't as tall um, as JJ Hester, like he played like that. We don't have that in our offensive repertoire anymore. And um, I'm interested. So I say we take a run at it because we can play the slot all day with Stoops and Marvin Mims. But 
let's take a shot at a six foot four wide receiver who's got a little bit of experience. Yeah, size is good. Size is good for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm for it. Yeah, we'll see what happens on the portal. It is always kind of a crapshoot, but um, yeah. So, uh, Ty, let's. <laughs> oh no, oh no, I, I'm not. I I'm not gonna lie. I almost made a. <sighs> Private chats going off. I almost made a joke about it. Glad we didn't. Um, there, there was definitely a joke in there about a, about a former wide receiver who would just love to come in uh, in that that offense. He just loves coming in general. But uh, moving on. Spencer Rattler Ty, in the bathroom stall. Uh, I, was, I, I was thinking more around like 2012. <laughs> you know, five star type guys. You know, I, I know. It, I was joking. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it you know, parking lots, etc. Uh, anyways, um, so Ty, the coaching caravans are back. Um, got any, <laughs> got any information on those for us, buddy? So, uh, exciting news. If, if you guys aren't familiar, uh, OU has traditionally done, I, I don't know the dates that it's run, but we stopped doing it in, in 2018 and it was a thing called the coaches caravan. And it's where we sent our general our head football coach as the headliner, uh, and several other coaches to to go around to different cities. And it basically, I don't even think it's a fundraising event. I think it, you it do is. have to pay for tickets. Uh, but I think most of the money goes to just hosting the event. And, and it's really about interacting with the people of various cities. And I think it's super awesome that OU has brought it back this year, obviously headlining at every stop, Brent Venables, with various other OU coaches and, and personalities making appearances. So they started the other day in, in Tulsa at the Canes Ballroom. Uh, Joe Consiglione was there, Brent Venables, uh, Peter Moser, and, and uh, a host of other OU personalities. So super exciting. It's, it's almost a, a press conference or or a uh, like a, a dinner where, where you get speeches, you get sort of an open questions, uh, your tickets, which are 40 to $50, depending on venue. Uh, pay for food, drinks, and in a general good time, and in a more intimate setting to to interact with a whole host of of different people. So I think that is exciting news, and I want to bring it up for those that aren't aware because surprisingly, uh, OU and the local media have done sort of a poor job at, at disseminating this this information. So if you are interested and have you know a, a hundred or so to to drop on on you and one other or if you just want to go solo to, to these events, they are hosting. There's one in Amarillo right now, uh, which is really cool. And, and we want to touch on that, that, that reach that OU is, is sort of expanding. And, and that's super cool to have our, our head coach and, and other head coaches going out to different cities, especially in Texas, which we consider a home recruiting ground. And just doing a general event, you know, not going for a specific person, but just going out and interacting with whoever wants to, to go interact with with our people. So they're in Amarillo as we speak. Actually, it just kicked off about an hour ago. Uh, they're going to Duncan on the 12th, Houston on the 17th at, uh, I believe, the Rustic Uptown in, in Houston. Uh, they're going to Dallas to the, the Rustic in Dallas on the 19th. They're going to Wichita, uh, which I hear is in Kansas on the 24th. And then uh, on the 26th, they're coming back to, to OKC. That event is $50. It'll be at the Omni. But your ticket does uh, include drinks. So something really cool to, to look at. And, and more importantly, I think it's something really cool 
that, that we are reinvesting in as a university and getting our head football coach out there and, and interacting with the people and, and not being too good for, for sort of anything and, and just going out there and, and really taking the show on the road. I mean, it's a, it's a coaching caravan. So really exciting to see that sort of investment from our coaching staff, from our athletic department and, and that buy-in from the people that are selling out these events. So I think that's really cool and, and something that we definitely want to bring up because as we continue to, to beat on this off season on the, uh, on the culture that, that we're trying to change and, and really invigorate our, our players, our fan base, our donors, everyone involved. So really cool to see that coming back. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, um, I, I'm not going to say it was because of Lincoln Riley, but uh, I'm just saying coincidentally, you know, it, it, it did immediately die the second that he had his full year uh, <laughs> as head coach. So yeah, this is kind of clearly a Brent thing. Uh, I would say very excited to have it back. Um, you know, I, I think it's big for the fan base, uh, especially in places, you know, kind of more out there like Wichita, Houston, Amarillo. Shout out Laura Gadberry. I know, I know she's done a lot to help with that out there in Amarillo. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's just one of those things that's really helping build OU as a bigger base across the board. Um, and that's just awesome. Uh, and not only that, but, you know, I, I think it just kind of shows the type of, you know, all in mindset they've been preaching, you know, where it's like, it's not just, you know, the, you know, the players, the coaches, you know, the staff, it, hell, it's not even just the people who live in Oklahoma city in Norman. It's uh, you go to the games, the eight, the 75,000 who are able to do that. It's everyone. And, um, you know, really, you know, showing that and showing love to uh, the whole region is I think really awesome. Uh, making Oklahoma, making OU football, and OU athletics as a whole, you know, a, a, a real force in this region. So I think that's very exciting. Uh, very awesome. Uh, definitely big time. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I'd be down to go to Oklahoma City one. It's up the Omni. That sounds pretty fun. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd for sure be down. I James did. Your, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I did want to touch on real quick. Uh, I understand, you know, 40 to $50 per, per place. The big cities are, are $50 uh, is a lot, but you're saving that money on that pay-per-view game. So you could get ESPN plus for one month, watch the game for $7, spend $50 to go to the Omni with drinks included and get FaceTime with Brent Venables, where you can directly ask him a question. I believe uh, Ken Siglione is also with that one and save $3. So who would want to do that? Well, is what, what kind of drinks? I, ooh, well, I think I it know. depends on the, the venue, probably a standard, you know, little cup your wine type thing but yeah but if it's unlimited then you can keep going back for little cups look if you're just looking for cheap drinks then obviously there's better options better options than a 50 dollar ticket yeah but uh cheap drinks and bread venables come on that's pretty great that could be fun uh anyways anyways i i love it jameson you about that caravan life i i uh definitely have a really good picture of me and bob stoops from when i was like five where i don't know if y'all have seen it y'all have seen it it's pretty great but uh jameson your thoughts on uh does this do anything for us i mean good for them honestly i don't really have much more to say other than what we already said just more outreach just being cooler people than you know reserved and paranoid lincoln riley um but other than that i mean i really don't have anything else to say yeah no i think we're pretty much good but um yeah uh ty anything you want to say before we head out of here Final notes on the show, little, little teaser, little, uh, you know, 
set the scene, not even an appetizer because we're a little bit too far out, but a, a little exciting teaser. Uh, I'm actually, I have no idea how I even stumbled on this interview, but uh, SEC commissioner, we all know who's going to the SEC at some point, Greg Sankey has uh, announced straight up that his his vision and, and the plan that's going to be enacted for the SEC when Oklahoma and Texas inevitably arrive, whether that be whatever date that might be. Uh, he has said that he they're expanding the SEC in a way where teams will regularly play each other uh, was the quote that he used. And that was in reference to the different divisions, however that is divided up. So currently the SEC is seeing uh, seven years max between teams playing in the regular season. So that's obviously with the, the East and West division uh, teams will see, I guess, I, I feel like it's more than that, but they're, they're claiming seven years is, is the most between a West team facing an East team. They're trying to get that down to maybe every two years for, for certain uh, rivalries uh, or, or different teams. And then at a max of four years. So what that means for OU when we inevitably arrive is that we're going to get to see some really neat matchups pretty frequently. So, you know, maybe that, that cheapens the experience, but I don't think so. If you're looking at a home and home thing, you know, home and home, let's say OU's playing Florida, one of the ones I'm really excited about, and there's a four year gap in there. That's, you know, starting at game day, let's say we play at OU, then you're looking at four years until we go play at Florida and then another, you know, eight years until we're back at in Norman playing that team. So I think it's a really exciting thing. Uh, something to just sort of wet your whistle and get you excited for things that are to come. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it even before adding OU in Texas, that has been a massive issue for, you know, um, SEC teams. Like, I believe, I believe A&M's never been to Athens yet, which is just, just ah, completely wild because, you know, they, they share a conference, but um, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, so, I, I mean, I guess that's what you do. You make it a pod system. You make it uh, a way where you have more, just more breadth of a, just more type type of opponents. You you stand the breadth of that more. So, um, I, I'm excited for it because I, I would be really bummed if I, if OU never went out to Florida or never went out to Athens and, you know, I were just waiting, sit around waiting to go to the Grove. Like, that'd be a massive bummer. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully all that works out in that way and, you know, I, I love it because that's one of the things I'm most excited about with the SEC is getting to see all these different places. And I think it's going to be really fun. So uh, we'll, we'll do a lot more podcasts on what we're excited about with the SEC as the offseason progresses and we have less and less to talk about. But uh, yeah, so that ends our podcast for this week. Uh, I don't know what we'll do next time. Josie kind of dropped us a, a real good lifeline there. Uh, same with my, our guy, Jeff Levy, but we'll see college football's wild. Um, and Hey, Jameson softball's, uh, kicking into gear. The regular season's over. It's tournament. Oh time boy. Club. Here we go. Women's college world series is running up. Oh, you baseball's looking good. They, uh, beat TCU, uh, in a series. Top uh, 25. Top 25. Look, the, 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 the stick, the, the stick ball games are, are going great. So, Maybe we'll have some. We'll, we'll try to pivot a little to talk about that. We don't really know Jack about uh, those sports really too well, other than you know hit ball good. Uh, but you know, hey, we know the women's called World Series is a blast in OKC, and uh, you know the Big Twelve tournament, uh, Oklahoma City, RIP, used to be incredible, um, but now it's an Arlington, so that's a bummer. Anyways. 
done rambling. Um, but uh, appreciate you two for uh, coming on and you know talking a little OU football with us. And yeah, and I appreciate all of y'all for listening to us chat, chit chat. We got a pretty good uh, live v- uh, viewing audience on our Facebook, on our YouTube, a little bit on Twitter. Love to see it. Um, love the comments. And uh, yeah, um, if you want to want to watch us, go check us out there. Uh, if you're watching us and want to listen to us in your car, you know, really, you know, you, maybe you don't want to sit down and watch us for 45 minutes. Hey, pop us on wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, wherever we're there. So, uh, yeah, you have all of your options to listen to us throughout the off season. Anyways, I'm done talking for real this time on behalf of me, Jameson and Ty, this has been the schooner pod. We'll see you next time. Boomer sooner, everybody. Oh no, I pressed the wrong button.